1934, times were tough for a lot of Fort Collins families. The area's farm economy, which had been depressed since World War I, was made even worse by the Great Depression, as prices for agricultural commodities and crops tumbled. Add in a drought in the first half of the decade, and yeah, things weren't looking great. According to the Fort Collins History Archive, nearly 35% of Larimer County's population was receiving federal or county relief around that time. And unemployment? Well, it wasn't uncommon. That's what makes this story so interesting, though. You see, how it goes is that in 1934, in the middle of this less-than-prosperous time for Fort Collins, a train crew with the Colorado and Southern Railway were stopped on the tracks just east of town in Timnith. Then one of them saw her, a scrawny but burstingly pregnant border collie mix, shivering outside of a blacksmith shop. They easily could have left her there. After all, nobody needed another mouth to feed. But that's not how this story goes. I love the image of what comes next of these filthy railroad workers coaxing a scared and pregnant dog into a train car. And that's exactly what they did. They took her home to Colorado and Southern's passenger depot in Fort Collins. There, they named her Annie, and she became the adopted mascot of an entire town. And she has a legacy that still sprinkles Fort Collins more than 80 years later. I'm Erin Udell, and you're listening to The Way It Was, a podcast podcast. And this is episode 13, the story of Annie the Railroad Dog, Fort Collins's furriest legend. Isn't that a cool sound? It's an old steam locomotive, and I kind of love it. Trains have changed a lot since the peak of the railroad era. They're built and powered differently, and once a technological marvel, they represent more of the past now, the old way of doing things. Like in many other places, railroad tracks once wove our region together. Trains were an integral part of Fort Collins the steady chugging serving as a heartbeat for the town and its surrounding agricultural communities. Train cars of crops and commodities were always coming and going. It's how people traveled. And for Pat Salas, it's how her grandfather, Christopher DeMuth, provided for his family, putting his daughter, Pat's mom, through college when he only had a sixth grade education himself. You've got my grandfather and grandmother who came from New York with no children, so they're living basically in the slums of New York. And that would be Chris DeMuth. Christopher DeMuth and Laura DeMuth. And he was a railroad guy, and he the slums were the air was dirty, his health wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Um, so he put my grandmother has saved enough money to buy a ticket, put her on the train, mm-hmm. and said essentially get off in Denver, and I will be there 
riding the, riding the rails. That's Pat. And she was gracious enough to meet me back in her hometown of Fort Collins in January when I started working on this podcast. And that recording is from our conversation in a crowded coffee shop. Uh, I'm sorry about all the background noise, guys. Uh, But laid out in front of us on this table were family photos and mementos and newspaper clippings that Pat had brought for me. And they were from Krista Muth's life and beyond. I started this podcast with Chris, by the way, because he's such an important piece of Annie the Railroad Dog's life. In fact, there's only one photo I've ever seen of Annie, and in it, she's standing next to Chris DeMuth. So, like I said before, this all started in 1934. At that time, DeMuth would have been in his early 60s, still working hard for the Colorado and Southern Railway. Remember, that's the year he and some crew stumbled upon a little Annie, scared and alone in Timnith. And um, I'm sure somebody would have put her down and the railroad guys brought her back. They, you know, they just had compassion. Brought her back, allowed her to deliver the puppies, gave away the puppies and got her spayed. Mm-hmm. And then she was kind of a mascot at the, the train yeah. station. Yeah, and she would get, literally get on the trains, not every day, mm-hmm. but she wasn't, she had was raised with such acceptance that she would get on the trains and ride to Denver and get on to come home, the mm-hmm. baggage car. The Colorado and Southern Passenger Depot in downtown Fort Collins became Annie's home. And while she belonged to all of the railroad workers, Krista Muth took some special ownership of her. She would spend her days in the depot, she'd hop the train for an adventure or two, but she'd always come home to Fort Collins, where she'd be shuffled between railroad workers' homes for a meal and a warm place to sleep. Eventually, she kind of became this collective pet of the community. She'd greet weary travelers as they filtered through the depot. And one especially touching story is that she would lick the tear-soaked faces of the young soldiers as they arrived home from World War II in the 1940s. People would reportedly take time out of their busy travel schedules just to say hi to Annie and give her a pet. They'd even feed her scraps, bits of their lunches and leftovers. You know, here are these people that, all of the men, not just my family, but pre-war, you did not have money really to feed your own kids. You had the depression, you had young boys eating out of your backyard garden, and here you're saving your scraps. And my mom is quoted as saying Annie toward the end was actually kind of a pudgy dog because the men would feed him his lunch, parts of their lunch. As time beat on, things were still tight financially, especially for the DeMuths. Pat read me letters that her grandpa had written to her mother when she'd left home for Denver. He talked about how he'd found her old overalls and repurposed them and was wearing them, about how he'd found some old wiring by the railroad tracks and took it home and bended it into these little forks that he could use to roast hot dogs. I chuckled, thinking of this sweet old man wearing women's overalls roasting weenies over a fire with these goofy makeshift forks. When I was doing research for this episode, I struck gold. I found an oral history that DeMuth's daughter and Pat's mom, Loretta, had recorded in 1986. My name is Loretta Burdett, and this tape is being made at my home on November 23rd, 1986. I was so excited. 
There has to be something about Annie in here, right? Something about her father or about the railroad, right? Right? <laughs> no. Instead, Loretta's oral history is basically an exhaustive list of Fort Collins's old grocery stores. On uh, two, uh, 245 Linden was the Sitzman grocery, and uh, it seemed, as I recall, that uh, the, you could uh, get uh, German sausage and uh, uh, different types of um, flavored meat there that weren't carried in the other stores who seemed to deal mostly in uh, steak, roasts, hamburgers, ham, chicken, and things of that type. I'd almost given up all hope of being able to use something from this tape. And then she mentioned towards the end how she would get to class at Fort Collins High School. She'd basically walk up Mountain Avenue and catch a streetcar. I recall that the token cost three cents for each ride. And at the time of the Depression, when, when really money was a considerable worry to our parents and we were aware of the fact that times were hard. Often we would walk from uh, the high school to our home uh, since there was more time to do it in the after school hours in order to not have to spend that three cents. See, that's how tight things were. And those penny-pinching ways seem to have followed Loretta through her life. Here's Pat again. I remember one of the few memorable arguments my, after my grandpa had passed, after my dad had died years down the road, my, my mom and her mom, my grandma, had a little verbal tiff because my grandma would walk us. And I, to me, I, it was a great adventure. Mm -hmm. I think it's six blocks, really, seven blocks, <laughs> yeah. North Sherwood. To, yeah. But she would take us to buy a five cent Poudre Valley uh, creamery ice cream cone wow. and my mom thought that was of course she was recently widowed mm -hmm. and she found that to be such an outrageous waste of money oh <laughs> and when when after my grandma had died when Baskin Robbins came to town with 31 flavors mm -hmm. I think they were 25 cents mm -hmm. when they opened um, my mom just said well that's a ridiculous business plan they will never make it we have the Poudre Valley Creamery and it's now 10 cents mm -hmm. How dare they think that they could sell things for two and a half times the worth. <laughs> That's why, Pat said, that she thinks the story of Annie is so incredible. During the toughest of times, these men took in a stray dog, giving her a home and a family and their food scraps. Annie remained a fixture of the Colorado and Southern Depot for 14 years. In 1948, her health declined and she was put to sleep. She was buried at home next to the railroad tracks, and DeMuth and some other men scrounged up enough money for concrete, which they hand-mixed and poured into a little headstone for Annie. They wrote a simple message on it, from CNS men to Annie, our dog, 1934-1948. Annie's time as the town pet had officially come to an end. Or did it? I'll have more on that after this little break. Yo! 
You're listening to The Way It Was, a history podcast brought to you by the Coloradoans' Facebook Messenger Alerts. Would you like to be the first to know when news breaks in northern Colorado? Or are you more of an entertainment junkie who would love to see the best options of things to do this weekend? Sign up for the Coloradoans' Alerts on Facebook Messenger for a truly customized news experience. Visit facebook.com slash coloradoan and send us a message to get started. Those are sounds from outside Poudre River Library District's Old Town Library. There was a line of these little kids walking with their teacher to the nearby playground. And as they left the library, like everyone, they had to pass by Annie. The bronze statue is perched just outside of the library's sliding glass doors. She looks up at you, paw outstretched, with what looks like a little smile on her face. The statue has been there since 1998 when the library district kind of adopted Annie again. You see, decades passed by after Annie's death, and things changed down there at the Colorado and Southern Depot. Some even say that Annie's life represented the sunset years of the railroad's glory days in Fort Collins. In 1953, the passenger depot that Annie had called home was torn down, and freight and passenger operations were consolidated in the railroad's nearby freight depot, which still stands. In the early 80s, Colorado and Southern Railway was purchased by the Burlington Northern Railroad Company. And in 1983, Burlington Northern made plans to move the railroad tracks near the depot, the tracks near Annie's grave. Members of the Fort Collins Historical Society and people from the local museum voiced their concerns over the little grave being damaged. It made the newspaper, actually, and seemed to be kind of a big story. The railroad, by the way, promised not to remove or damage the gravesite during the changes. But it seems an interest in Annie was sparked once again. The city of Fort Collins ended up purchasing the old Colorado and Southern Freight Depot in 1995, the same year Annie's grave was officially designated as a local historic landmark. Around that same time, a man named Phil Walker wrote a local history book, Visions Along the Poudre Valley. In it, he mentions Annie. And that caught the eye of the late Loveland sculptor, Don Weimer, who sculpted a piece in the Little Border Collie's likeness. Then that caught the attention of the Poudre River Library District. The very beginning of it um, was in 1998, and um, our... Executive Director Brenda Carnes, who, um, when we were part of the city, she was our director, and she wanted to come up with a fundraising idea for our friends of the library. And at that point in time, nobody had ever thought of a dog walk. That's Paula watson Lakecamp, the communications manager for the Poudre River Library District. Lakecamp was talking about 1998 and the library's former director, Brenda Carnes. I actually saw Carnes's name in an old Colorado article from 1998. This is what she said then. When we first heard the story and saw the statue, we fell in love. We knew we wanted to help preserve Annie's place in local history. 
So, through a donation from a foundation, the library was able to purchase the Annie sculpture. And on August 22nd, 1998, they placed her in her new home outside the Old Town Library and had a little dedication ceremony. They also held something called Annie's Walk that day, and they'd continue it for more than a decade after. Basically, people would pay for an Annie's Walk t-shirt, then a hand-selected dog from the community would lead a walk around Library Park. Laycamp called the selected pooch a dignitary for a day, and I suggested the word dognitary instead. And I had to tell you guys about it because I was very proud. Anyway, Annie's Walk continued until 2010. At that point, so many other pet-friendly 5Ks had popped up in Fort Collins. The competition was stiff, and it had become a lot of work, with little return fundraising-wise. So thus ended Annie's walk. But Annie is still very much at the library doors, greeting visitors once again in statue form. Um, Why does she fit for the library here? Why is she a good I think because she's welcoming, and that's one of our biggest things, is we welcome, you know, access to information for all people. And I think that just kind of that um, spirit of, that hometown spirit of welcoming and thanking people for coming. And the kids really do, you know, think that's wonderful. And after we stopped that and when we remodeled the park um, four years ago, we now have the dedications on both sides of the center walk that's Annie's Walk, is what that sidewalk is called that runs diagonal through Library Park. Two boulders mark each end of Annie's walk, with little metal outlines of the dog as well. It's another local reminder of her, just like Annie's grave outside the former railroad depot. It's still there. You can walk by it any day. Now there's a little gate around it, and in 2001, the city opened the depot building as its new downtown transit center. So once again, Annie is at the center of the action, as buses hiss to a stop and passengers amble on and off buses, trying to once again get where they need to go. When I met with Pat back in January to chat with her about her grandfather, Chris DeMuth, we walked over to Annie's grave together, and I stared in wonder at it. It's small and cracked, its age definitely shows, but I had taken buses from this station before, and I'd never seen this. Like a lot of people, I just walked right by it. Pat sensed my interest in the grave and said she had one more thing to show me. She gave me directions to her grandparents' old house on Sherwood Street. She owns it now and rents it out. She had to do work in the backyard there that day, so she told me to meet her there. And when I arrived, she led me through the back gate, all the while telling me about another dog, a mutt her grandfather had taken in around the same time Annie came into his life. they bought this in? She said the dog was buried out in the backyard, so I expected like a pile of rocks with a little wooden cross or something. But instead, in the back corner, there was another concrete headstone, almost identical to Annie's, but smaller. And etched into it was the dog's name, Pretzel, and the year she was alive. So from 29 to 40, so she... She probably knew Annie. Of course. (laughs) They were probably friends. (laughs) 
Wow, and I mean, he poured a stone and everything. Yeah. That's so interesting. And then my mom did the whatever to do it with a nail, the, making the, um, like a print, you know, like a stencil. Okay. So your letters are equal or, you know. Wow. It's obviously rudimentary, but a lot of love. A lot of love indeed. So here's to that love. Here's to that kindness and compassion, to that welcoming small town spirit. And here's to the men of the Colorado and Southern Railway and their dog, Annie. And here's to Pretzel, because you may not be as famous, but I'm sure you are as cute. Thank you guys for listening to the 13th episode of The Way It Was. We'll officially hit our year anniversary next month, so thank you, thank you for tuning in and supporting this program. If you have an idea for a podcast topic, feel free to email me at erinudell at coloradoin.com or find me on Twitter. My handle is just my first and last name, Erin Udell. I've been getting a lot of good tips coming through including one from a listener named Edward, who suggested The Arson of Old Maine, which I think would be a super interesting podcast. So keep those ideas coming. Also, if you haven't yet, please leave us a rating and review through your Apple Podcasts app. You can do so by searching for The Way It Was, clicking our little icon, and toggling over to the reviews section. All right, thank you guys. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time.